Welcome to the Mega Man's podcast with your host, Stephen Martinez, aka Mega Man. This is episode 230, Being Homeless. Now, the reason why I wanted to do an episode like this, um, I wanted to let everyone know the the journey I've been through from May 24th of 2017 to October 2nd of 2017 where everything that year everything was good in the beginning then it just went downhill from there after May 24th and um from those from those months, um, I was in a dark time in my life, and uh, I hope this episode uh, makes sense to all of you that's going to listen, but also it motivates you to never give up, and you know, sometimes in a way, you think that people are going to really going to be there for you, and they're not, and um, when pretty much in a way uh when nothing goes your way it's just like man it just it's it's something there's like another problem after another after another after another and I'm I'm just glad that now I'm in a better place my life is good um good job um I got my life back in order um there was just a lot of things that I had to do back then for um how do you say I had to battle some demons that was going on in my life so um please bear with me on this episode and um, I just want to say if this episode is a little bit too uncomfortable you can skip this episode and you can go back to hear some uh past episode or just wait till next week with a new episode so um let's start so I want to say I was in a relationship um, that I have a daughter and uh, things were good, but that year it was, um, it was an off and on. Um, I can't really speak on that much, but I'll just say that I was a prisoner in the house and in my mind and there was a lot of things that I couldn't do because um, at the time um, I had no family to turn to and I and pretty much in a way I was more like there's gonna there's there's evilness out there in the world and when you're in relationships sometimes maybe that boyfriend or maybe that girlfriend might if they know that you have nowhere else to go they can take advantage of that and if you don't do this, you can get you can get the fuck out of my house, and uh, it it it's kind of sucks, you know. And uh, I feel like things were turning for the worst, and um, we were just having problems, and um, it just sucks, you know. When you have you when you have family saying stuff to that person, like you know, and uh, things are not getting, you know, we're not clicking, and. Uh, you know, we, I, you know, we just had a daughter. Um, it was hard. I was working a lot. Um, I was trying to be the best uh, man I can be, the best father I can be, and everything. But um, these things didn't work out. And uh, you know, 
the thing is I I moved in with a woman and uh pretty much you know it was um you know when she just when she said uh you know you and your kids got to get the fuck out you know it it was something where I didn't have anyone to turn to you know luckily little by little I got my life back in order and I feel like the person at the time was too controlling and also was very manipulative and wanted to rule my life and you know, I think whatever happened to her in the past in her past relationships it really bothered her a lot for her to be a super jealous woman and it's really sad that there's people out there you know if you are in a relationship and what happens if he or she cheated what's going to happen when that person gets to the next relationship probably in a way that new girl or that new boyfriend is probably going to be a punching bag or probably can't trust you because whatever happened so i mean it's in a way it was kind of it hurt me because i had nowhere else to go but at the same time it was relief so my mind was going in in circles we tried to work things out but just couldn't do and um that's where, um, you know, I was packing my stuff, you know, it was in a short amount of time, like in a month, I had to find a storage place. I had to find something, you know, I had to find somewhere I can stay to save up money and stuff because at the time, you know, LA was really expensive and it's right now, I bet you it's expensive now, you know, but, um, I was trying to look for an apartment or here, but I just didn't have that enough time, but also I didn't have enough money. And um, the person I turned to was a relative of mine on my dad's side. And uh, I can't say if it was a he or she because it's very private, but this person let me stay. Um, I looked up to this person. I thought this person was really cool, but things will pretty much in a way spiral um it was all love when i was little she's this person used to take care of me it was all love but i feel me and my two boys moving into this place i thought i was gonna be relieved cool you know i'm gonna save some money and everything and uh pretty much in a way I think maybe the third or fourth day, it just got to the point. It got a little bit too uncomfortable for her because there was too much people in the house. And the the things that I saw in this house was very off-putting. I was very upset. I was very disgusted. I was very sick. I was shocked. My kids were shocked of what we saw. And it, it was really like, it was a really mind fuck. And I have never seen a couple argue too much to the point I thought they were going to be going heads up and, you know, arguing or getting to fist fights. But um, it was pretty sad when my kids saw that. And uh, it really traumatized my two boys, Gavin and Alex, and uh, I want to say this. 
my my two boys, my oldest Gavin and Alex, been through a lot. They've seen everything, and they've been really, really traumatized. And it took a lot of years for them to be back to norm because there was times they had sleepless nights. There were times where they couldn't sleep. There were times that they were crying, screaming of stuff that what happened with us. But um, it was really sad to the point to see this person who I looked up to and respected was just getting shot down left and right. You know, uh, the other person was yelling at, you know, her. And it was really sad to see like a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. High, like, like you don't see your relatives and they seem pretty cool. But we don't know what goes on inside that house. And that's when, you know, things were changing. You know, I just, I feel like I was walking on eggshells. I was trying to be more respectful. I was trying to be more clean and organized. But when you move into a house where you put all the weight on the wife to do everything. And the husband and the sons do not give a fuck and the house was messy it looked like a hoarder it was really really bad and disgusting it just got to the point it really traumatized me and my and my two boys to the point we just wanted to stay in our room and not go out or we would just want to just leave and not come back because of the chaos, of the yelling, the screaming, the argues and all that. It was just very, very negative. And I think in a way, she realized that and it was, she was really embarrassed. But it just, it made the relationship go another way to the point that me and my two boys, we saw too much what was going on. And there's other things I can't really talk about. It was, it's really, really personal, graphic. And uh, I'm just going to just leave it like how it is to the point, you know, um, I had to get out. I just really, really had to get out. But I was needed time to save up money. You know, to be honest, I thought I was going to be there um, till December. But that it looks like my stay was short to the point, hey, is there a way possible you can try to get a place early or something like that because make an excuse or there was some drama going on, which I can't say. But it, 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 didn't, it, didn't, it didn't give me enough time to save up money or anything. And it was like very, very stressful. Um, I was... Uh, when we only stayed there for maybe about a month and a half or maybe two but it was like I think it was like a month and a half and what she did you know was kind of manipulating pushing me like hey did you find a place yet whatever and it was a lot of stress because you know thank god my credit is good right now but at the time it was super good but thank god but I was trying to save up money I was trying to figure out a way to see if there was any roommates or any how am I gonna how am I gonna figure it out because LA was really expensive 
my job, everything. Um, I, my kids, I was being a single father, um, raising my two boys, you know, going, I was probably only getting about two hours of sleep a, a day, you know, um, going to two different schools, you know, not sleeping cause, you know, working overnight, um, trying to figure out a way to, to, to get a place because I was in a deadline because I had to leave in a certain, a certain day and a certain time. It just brought a lot of stress, but at the same time, it, 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 it distanced myself with my relatives on my dad's side. And I thought, you know, but I guess in a way it was crunch time, but at, but at the time I wasn't mentally prepared and it really broke me. And when, when you think that you have family, they're going to be there for you. They're not going to be there for you. And it was really, really sad. And I know at the time, my mother and I, our relationship was very, it was very distant because of pretty much in a way she was more of a, manip, likes to manipulate, likes to, um, how do you say, um, trying to make my life like shit. Because I will always try to better myself, but my mom will always see me as a fuck up. Because I, at the time, back then, I used to be very mischief. I was a troublemaker and stuff. To, you know, and I'm trying to get my life back together again. It was coming. It was, it was right there. But is this? I didn't have that support. And uh, you know, at the time, I just feel like there was an opportunity. You know, like hey, you know, um. Let me go, uh, let me go, I want to go see if I can transfer to, uh, to Northern California. Because a lot of my relatives were moving out of the state because at the time California, well, it still is, was getting expensive. But people were just moving out to different states. And my dad moved to Texas. A lot of people moved to Oklahoma, New Mexico, Florida, Maine, New York, and all that stuff. So, and my second and third cousins, I just didn't really know them. So I'm not going to ask. And, um... You know, my last option was to, um, you know, um, to see if I can uh, transfer to work um, at my job, but in Modesto. But I just, that was only the thought, like, let me see what I can do. But um, I just feel like I was getting more stressed at the house and um, it just got to the point my kids and I, we would just go to the park. We would spend time and everything. And, uh, you know, it's just for some kind of reason, you know, my, my relative, my aunt would be like, did you find a place yet? Like, I'm trying. Well, you got to hurry up. And I need, I need you and the kids to get the fuck out of the house. And I'm like looking at her like, what the fuck's going on? You know, like, yeah, that we're family. It's like, but there was so much stuff that I can't really talk about. But I found out years years later, I was like, that was pretty fucked up. That was pretty sad. Like, why would you do that? But um, it brought a lot of stress out. And um, this is where when shit really hits the fan is where when I needed some time off and uh, I took the the two boys with, you know, to the mom for the weekend and um, 
you know, I wanted to say, hey, I'm going to go out for the weekends, my time. I don't have the kids. Um, I rented a hotel on, um, right there on um, 4th and Alamitos. I think it was called the Beach Hotel, right across from a parking uh, lot. And I rented a room and um, was there for two nights. I'm going to tell you something. Um, if you guys and ladies were in my shoes and what, what I was going through at that time, you would be shocked. Because that night, that weekend, when I dropped my kids off, I wanted to kill myself. I wanted to end my life. You know, I had a gun and uh, I wanted to blow my head off. I wanted to leave a letter and and um, let everyone know, like, hey, I love you and everything. And um, I always been tempted to kill myself. You know, I was very, I, it, it, I was going through a lot of stress. I was going through a deep, dark depression. I was going through anxiety. It was too much going on and I just couldn't deal with it. And um, I wanted to end my life. And... That would be because I, I didn't want to, I had too much, I had, it was a heavy burden and I just, there, I, it was just too much going on. I just couldn't deal with it. I just, and I just, for some kind of reason that night, I, I wanted to shoot, shoot myself in the head, but for some kind of reason, I just couldn't, I couldn't, I had the bullets and the gun. I just couldn't do it. Did it for two days and I was drinking, you know, taking like pills and everything, just anything to relax my body to the point maybe it could just die right there, just die peacefully in the bed. But I, I don't know, in a way, maybe at the time, maybe someone was looking out for me. So maybe someone was praying for me. You know, my mom and my dad, they, they go to church and uh, well, half of my family from my mom and then my dad decided to go to church. Maybe there was someone out there praying for me, looking out for me. I was going through some dark times. And, you know, sometimes thinking about it, man, it's, 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 it, I get emotional. And I think in a way, we all go through stuff like that. You know, look what's going on in the world. Mental awareness is a big must. I mean, people are committing suicide left and right. Grief. People lost their loved ones. Just anything, man. It's just people over drinking, doing drugs, adultery, grief, loss of job, just anything. It's, 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 it's too much for us to handle. And look what's going on in the world and the COVID and you know, the anxiety is just all this crap on social media is just it, it just makes I see I see a lot of people going through hard times and going through a deep depression. And that's what I that's where at the time I was going through. And, um, you know, I picked up my kids Sunday like nothing happened. It's almost like in a way I was putting my mask on to see my kids, but when no one's there, no one's looking, I take my mask off and show my real my real true colors of my sadness 
of the stuff that I was going through. And I didn't have anyone to turn to, no family to turn to because as I, I felt like I was a black sheep. And I bet you anyone in hearing this, maybe you are a black sheep in your family and they don't understand you or of what you are or what you think or what you're going through. They just don't, you know? It's always been like, I guess in a way, in the culture, if like you talk about your feelings or stuff, you know, people like, oh, suck it up, you know, don't be a pussy and this. But sometimes in a way we need love. You know, I've been in a broken home. I I didn't have a dad to look up to. You know, my dad was, you know, doing his thing, doing infidelity stuff, you know, left my mom and me to be with another woman, you know, started his own fucking family. You know, my mom's working two or three jobs just to, just to put ends me, you know, food on the table, roof over our head, clothes and this. So I was alone at the time when I was little. I didn't have anyone to turn to. I didn't, I didn't have a role model or anything. That's why I always got into troubles. That's why I got into mischief. But who knows if my mom and my dad were together, would I be the, the man who I am today? Or would I be a person still, I don't know, living a normal life, living in Modesto in the barrio, or maybe here? I Who knows? Who knows? Only The only person who knows that is God. Maybe God put me in a situation here to see... I want to see how Mega Man deals with pressure or how does he deal with certain hard situations. So I go back to my aunts and um, pretty much in a way it got a little bit more worse and my stress, my anxiety, my depression just came back hard. And this is the time, guys and ladies, my mind was not there. It's, it's not strong how it is now. It was really, really weak, and I got taken advantage of. I was just, I was just, I wasn't in a mental state. I was really, like, really weak, and I, that's where I feel like, fuck, man, what am I gonna do? I was like, I have never been so stressed out in my life, and uh, you know, saving up money, you know, thinking like, okay, I'm gonna get a new place. I saved some money up here, and. Um, you know, I was going to get my new place, but I wanted to take a trip to Modesto and uh, just see how it is. Just visit some families and all that at the time. And I uh, wanted to see if I wanted to transfer from my job over in Seal Beach at the time to Modesto. Talk to the manager and see. And um, I feel like when I went to Modesto with my two boys... I could feel there was a lot of negative stuff going on at the time. You know, I wanted to visit my mom and it was very, it was pretty bad. And um, I can kind of feel like my mom was trying to, at the time, to sabotage the trip of me seeing her, you know, and everything. I I think she just wasn't ready. She was uh, very prideful, very stubborn, wanted to get even, you know, and, um, you know, it just, I just feel like there was something off. And um, I remember my stepdad, 
you know, I don't really talk to him that much anymore. But uh, he was a dick. He was a fucking douchebag. He was one of those macho Mexicans. Just didn't like how he was. And at the time, he was very, very alpha, very machismo. You know, there was times he disrespected my mom and had to defend. There was times me and him, we got into fistfights. You know? Yeah, you just can't be doing that. You know, maybe if his dad or anyone was like that to him, don't be like that to me. You know, I had to defend myself. You know, I was not going to let anyone walk over my mom. I wasn't going to have anyone walk over me. You know, I had that anger because my dad left us and I had that. You know, and I, we got to fist fights and I know I knocked his ass out. He threw a freaking hammer at me. Luckily, I didn't die. I didn't see it coming. And I knocked him out and we got, there was a lot of fist fights like that. Just a lot of arguments. I was ready to throw down. I don't give a fuck. But I felt like when, when I was trying to look for another job or look for something, you know, and I was looking at places to go move, looking at apartments, you know, at the time. And I was like, oh, I think I want to move back, you know, like I miss Modesto. It's always been home to me. Like maybe 80% of my family lives in Modesto. And I just wanted to just to come back. But I feel like everything was just went downhill is when um, I was done visit doing what I had to do. And I remember my aunt, you know, she tells me outside my mom's house, um, be nice, play nice. It's like, what do you mean? Be nice or play nice? And I was like thinking like, is there something that I don't know? But this is the thing, guys and ladies. I mentally prepared because I didn't know what was going to happen when I saw my mom and my stepdad. I don't know if they want to have the last say, the last word, but I think in a way with them now and they realize going back, they don't want to talk about it because it hurts their heart for, for what they did. And this is where everything will change on this day. When my aunt told me that play play nice, you know, be nice and play nice. That's what I knew when I walked in that house, my life and, the, and my kids' lives will change forever that that day in the afternoon. I remember it was on a Saturday because the next day on a Sunday, we went to go see the Giants game. So this happened, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to look it up right now. This is the day. Um, I'm going to look back right now. Hold on. Bear with me for one second. Because I want to look back of what day it started. Which my life would change forever. So bear with me for one second until I get the date. Because I there's certain things I don't... There's certain pictures I don't want to see. But for some kind of reason, um, you know... Things happen for a reason. So, um, let me see. August 5th of, uh, let me see. August 5th of 2017. That's when everything would change. So I go to my mom's house and my mom is went to the room. I know she was kind of peeking out. So I knew there was something up. And that's when my stepdad wanted to talk to me and tell me, like, what's going on with you? You know, what, 
Will he look for a job? And I think he just wanted to start shit to kind of like say, have the last word. I can't really, I don't know what he said, but it was just, it was so long ago. It was like, like five years ago. So, I mean, he was just talking shit and, um, you know, he wanted, he wanted to get into a fight and we almost got into a fist fight. My mom came and, you know, my, my my two boys were kind of shocked, like, what the heck's going on? And uh, we're yelling. And, uh, you know, knowing him, knowing that macho Mexican who he was, you know, it's just like, you and your kids get the fuck out of my house, whatever. And, like, his personality just changed. So he kind of knew what was, what was going on. And, you know, he was just talking shit. And my mom was talking shit. And I would never forget you know, like, don't ever sit back here in my house ever again. I'm going to let all the family know not to turn, not, not to, uh, not, not, I'm going to tell all the family not to have you at their house or anything. You're on your own. Let's see if you, let's see if you can make it in LA. And that's when I was trying to call people to stay at their house and my mom already beat me to it. So she let everyone know, don't, don't invite him or his two boys in because she had that grudge and she was just she was just being she was just talking shit at the moment but not realizing what she was really thinking it hurt my heart you know a lot of people betrayed me a lot of my family didn't give a fuck about me I felt like wow so me and my two boys got a hotel and uh, pretty much in a way we this is really emotional um, we had to get a hotel and, uh, we, I was crying. Me and my, me and my little Alex, my, my son was crying. My, my son at the time, he told me, why did grandma do that to us? Why, why did, why did she kick us out when I, I was going to get the job? I, I was going to get the new place and things just didn't happen. Just everything fell apart. And the next day, I we were gonna go we were gonna go back to L.A., but it's like stay for another day. So I took the kids to go watch a baseball game, watching the first time ever watching the San Francisco Giants play in Frisco. Um, it was awesome, and it was a uh, it was a short happy moment until I got a phone call saying like, "Hey, um, the the management who own these apartments called and said, hey." Um, I'm sorry to let you know, um, you were get the apartment, but someone outbid you. I'm sorry. I apologize. And, uh, you know, um, I was shocked because I, I needed that place and, um, I used all my money. I felt like I was trying, I, I lost all my money and, um, the, the next day, um, I went back to the house and I can't, I don't know who, but, uh, someone, um, broke, broke into my safe and, uh, took, uh, all my savings. I had, I had close to $4,000. It was broken and everything. And, uh, you know, I was kind of like really pissed off. Like who broke into the, my room and took my money and everything. And no one wanted to say anything. And at the time, I was really pissed off, and uh, I had no money. I only had about maybe $20, and I needed that money for uh, a deposit, you know, for anything. So 
they were just trying to figure out a way just just to get rid of me and the kids out and I, I had no money so to me I think that was the last time ever I ever stepped foot in that house ever again and um it was um I thought I was gonna get a place and uh turn out I didn't get the place and it was that time that I had to leave and um everyone at the time went to a party and it's um I don't know what to do. I was crying. I was crying. It was on a it was uh it was it was on a it was on a Sunday and um I was crying. It was like the the following week after we saw the the Giants play the following Sunday that was when it's like what am I going to do? I have nowhere else to go. I thought I was going to get a place and I just didn't get it. And I was screwed. <sighs> there was a lot of stuff that went on and um yeah, I left on a sour note and the relationship with me and my aunt would never be the same. Um, I do not want to speak to her. I do not want to see her or some of my cousins because they didn't have my back or anything. And I felt like, oh, yeah, cousin, I'll be there for you. Nah, it was it was like a fuck you. And the reason why I think I feel like they were like that is because they still had that grudge. Um you know, when my mom and my dad split when I was 10 or 11 years old and, uh, you know, they just, we don't, we don't want nothing to do with you. And so I felt like I was more alone. And um, that's where I feel like, fuck, man, what am I going to do? I'm stressing out. I'm stressing out. I feel like a day turned into a year because I'm thinking and thinking, what are we going to do? How am I going to come up with money? You know, um, that money I needed, that $4,000 that was stolen, I don't know who took it, but I needed that money to pay my car note. And uh, I was, there had other bills that I had to take care of. And uh, I got behind on my car payment. At the time, I had a Kia Sorrentos. And uh, I was maybe, and the payments were about close to 439 So, and plus insurance, about 200 250 so you're looking at close to what seven hundred dollars a month, and I was three months behind. So you do the math, that's twenty one hundred dollars, you know, insurance and everything. Then I had, um, you know, uh, collectors calling, you know, like hey, um, you got to make this payment or we're looking, and they didn't know at the time that they had a tracker on the on my on my new car my new car because. As a tracker, so if uh, if the tow truck can track to see where my my car is and just tow it, so I I can't really mention I can't really say this person, but this person knew just some stuff, and he took off the tracker, and um, pretty much in a way, we had to hide the car, and uh, because if we lost the car, we're fucked. So pretty much in a way, we were hiding the car and we even know where to sleep at, you know. Um, we were, there was times we would spend time at the park and chill all day and and kind of figure out a way. Where are we going to go take a shower at? Where are we going to go sleep at? Are we going to sleep in the bathroom? Are we going to sleep in the park? Are we going to sleep? Who knows? And I was trying to see if anyone can 
if we can, me and my two boys can crash, maybe get a hotel here, little here, little there. I mean, we just had to figure out a way just to get some, get some sleep and have school and everything. So it, it was hard. It was really, really hard. And um, there was even times, you know, when we had to hide the car, you know, my two boys, sometimes they would have to go with me to my work and I worked overnight and they would stay in the break room, you know, maybe for the whole 10 p.m. to 6.30 and they'll be sleeping or whatever, just chilling, whatever. And I would check up on them or sometimes if I had the car, they'll be sleeping in my car with the ignition on at the time in the summer. It was really, really hot. So I put the air conditioning on for them to sleep. There was times I would have had my kids taken away if there was a cop passing by. But I had to figure out a way. I was I was working hard. I was hustling. I was doing whatever I can. You know, my me and the kids, we haven't even took a shower in a month. We smelled. You know, we we were just trying to figure out a way just to bathe ourselves and shit and you know, and uh my son, it was really embarrassing because Kids will make fun of them at school. Oh, look at, oh, your son's a stinky one, whatever. But not knowing, you know, we're homeless. You know, um, there was a time where we had to go, you know, at, the, at night we had nowhere else to go. It's like when it was getting, we just had to go sleep in the bathroom. And the park ranger accidentally um, locked the bathrooms on accident or maybe on purpose. And there was a time where we, me and the kids almost got, you know, I was almost got arrested and my kids took it away because what are you doing here? You, you shouldn't be, you're gonna get a fine, whatever. I just, I told the park ranger, I'm sorry, but we have nowhere else to go. Well, I, it's hard. They'll see the see. This is one of the reasons why guys and ladies, I just, it just really flares up, you know. Just like just looking, just thinking back, I really hit rock bottom. You thought in a way people are gonna be there for you, and they're not. When are you gonna When are you gonna take a shower? When are you gonna get a haircut? When you get a food, when you when you gonna get shelter, anything, sleeping in tents. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about that, man. You know, me and the kids are sleeping in, in a tent in the alleys in Long Beach. Hard times. Not knowing I'm sleeping with one eye open, knowing that anything can happen to us. We can get killed. We can get robbed. They can tear our tent down. Who knows? I never want to... I never, never, ever want to... end up being like that ever again. Going to shelters. Maybe for a day or two. And at the time... um, You know, looking at a movie, watching a movie with, um, what's that movie with Will Smith? Um, Pursuit of Happiness. Chris Gardner. 
Now, that movie was uh, inspirational because uh, if he can do it, I can do it. There's a lot of things in that movie I can I can kind of relate. You know, living in a hotel, living in bathrooms, going to subways by the time bus, um, trying to figure out a way to make more money. Just anything to hustle. You got to. And this is one of the things before we take a break. These are a lot of the things I've been through Everyone, it made me to be the person who I am today. To never give up. Never, ever, ever give up. Keep on hustling. Keep on grinding. Keep on pushing. No matter if people are trying to hold you down. You have no one to turn to. You just keep on fighting. Keep on fighting, everyone. I know people right now that DM me. Mega Man, I'm going through hard times, man. Help me out. Can you give me $20? Help me out for this, whatever. Can I crash at your place? I have, I deal with that every day, everyone. Every day. Because I know how it is. There's people out there who pretend to have hearts, but they don't have hearts. They don't give a fuck about you. They, have to, they give a fuck about themselves. With me, I've been through that situation of being poor. And now I got my shit together. So I can relate with people who are going through hard times. I have a heart. I'll do whatever I can to make their day or whatever I can do. And that's what I feel everything will change in a couple months. But, you know... You know, staying in shelters, hotels, alleys, storage place where the rats would bite us. I can't really mention this person, but he helped me out so much from from a little time. But I can't really mention his work job or him because this person still works at that place. So thank you. You know who you are. You gave, You helped us out maybe 25%, but I just want to say thank you. As long as my two boys can sleep and have a peaceful sleep and have a hot shower, a hot meal, that's all I care about. I just want my kids to be safe. And knowing the fact my son has autism, it was a big factor. And that's where a lot of people that I saw when me and the kids were living in the streets, we saw, we saw parents who had kids who are autism kick them off to the streets just drop them off here you're on your own they didn't want nothing to do with them and that's why you see a lot of homeless people that are just not there they're not there mentally and I saw that and uh, it really hurt my heart there's a lot of people out there that are homeless that they're just not there and they're seeing a lot of kids that are artistic that need help, that need love. 
And sometimes in a way there's parents out there who don't have patience. It's like, you know what? Fuck them. Fuck my daughter. Fuck my son. I'm just going to throw them in the streets and not, and move on. That's fucked up. And I seen that firsthand. It's sad. Can never ever be like that with my kids. Just, uh, you know, people just getting molested, killed. I saw that. My kids didn't see. I saw I had to walk the other way with them or this. There's things that I can't talk about, which I saw, which it's very shocking. It was very traumatizing. It traumatized me. It traumatized my two boys. We saw a lot. I just feel like at those times when we when we were homeless I felt like why why me why me god why me I want I had everything and I lost everything why me It it got to the point everyone I was so fed up no lie straight up I wanted to kill myself and I wanted to kill my two boys because we do not deserve to be in this earth. Because I felt like, what the fuck? My ex going through her drug drug problem, going through her rehab, doing whatever. My mom's thinking like, oh, Steven's okay. Until people were telling her like, you know, your son's homeless. You know that? You know, I've been telling everyone that. Oh, my kid, my, my son, Steven, and my two boys, are they're doing good. They're doing good. Not knowing that we're homeless. Not knowing we're fucking homeless. My dad's not going to turn to me for help. Nothing. He's in Texas. He don't give a fuck about us. So that's when I knew. Like I wanted to end my life. And it was like fuck. I don't know if, if I would have end my life with my kids. I don't know. I felt like to me that was like man that's a bitch move. Like you could even... You could even hack it. You could even deal with the, the pressure. You couldn't get your shit together. I felt like I was looking for an easy way out. All right, and we are back. Um, a little intense, guys and ladies. It's very intense. Uh, it's um, it's hard for me to open up like this, but uh, sometimes in a way we have to. Um, to me, it's, it's a relief. I, in, 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 on the break, I was, it was very emotional. Um, There's just things that I just can't, I just can't really think about because it's, it just really hits my heart, the stuff that I saw when we were homeless. And, and I just don't ever want to see that stuff ever again. And when we were talking about in the end uh, where everything would change, you know, um, what what really kept me going from not killing myself or ending my life, and I talk about it, podcasts. Podcasts to me saved my life, and I always talked about that. If it wasn't for podcasts, I would probably be end up dead. 
my kids will probably be end up dead too as well. Podcast saved my life because I was hearing um, George Perez, um, Felipe Esparza, uh, the Yo-Yo podcast, Joe Rogan, Harvey Marcus. Um, there's a whole Bethel Duran living the dream. There's Let Me Know Pod. I heard about him, you know. There was a lot of, because of those podcasts and there's some other ones um, that kept me going when, you know, when times got really hard. And uh, thank you. Thank you for, you know, brightening up my day. Thank you for <laughs> not think of the struggle times and and so on. Thank you for not getting my head blown off with a gun, you know, making me laugh, you know, curing my anxiety, curing my depression from laughters of people talking and hearing people's stories. Even Joey Coco Diaz, he's the man. He's been through some shit, man. And uh, I just, that's what really kept me going. And little by little, everyone, I was, uh, little by little getting my life back in order. I know I took a break from drinking. Um, started losing weight. Um, for some kind of reason, I just, it, it just, I just snapped. You know, it just dawned on me. Like, look, man, let, let's figure something out. I was talking to my head. I was talking to my mind. I was like, we got to figure something out. We got to figure something out. How am I going to make it here in LA? We're struggling. I don't want to end up like this. Being the shoulda, coulda, would've. I'm going to do whatever I can to get out of this fucking mess. And, I, and maybe in a way, if I, if I can outprove people wrong, awesome. If I can get out of this hole and, and better our lives and get a place, so be it. And um, this was the last straw. So with all the... The podcast listening of hearing some uh, tips and motivation uh, to get, you know, to get out of this hole. Um, I just, I had no other option. It's like, this is it. This is it. You know, I, I know it's going to hit me and it was going to hit me next year, but you know what? I have no other choice. So I took a loan. I got... Four grand. I took another loan out of my 401k. The limit at the time was like $3,800. Okay. So I have $4,500. I have 38. 38, 39, one of those. That's maybe close to $8,000 I got. Okay. Put everything in the bank. Okay. First things first. No credit card bills. Pay those off. No utility bills. I had nothing. Just... Two credit cards. Paid off my loan, my bank, whatever. Okay. Let's see what we can do. You know, when I get off work, kids will be at school. Let's start driving, looking at ads, looking at Craigslist, anything to get an apartment. I... And I talked about this. I, th- I, I think I want to say it was twenty six or maybe $2,800 I spent on apartment fees. Now, when you go 
get you know looking for an apartment you, you know you want to see if you can get that apartment you know you might say hey there's a fee of thirty dollars there's a fee of forty dollars there's even a fee for sixty dollars I was spending them left and right there was looking at places in Southgate Compton North Long Beach Pixby Nose you know some in Long Beach San Pedro Torrance just whatever I just needed a fucking place and I could just figure out from there and I was like, man, fuck, man, I'm a little worried. You know, I had eight grand and, you know, doing the math, let me see. I had eight grand. Subtract, maybe, let me see, eight grand. Subtract $2,800. Okay. I only have about $5,200, or maybe $5,000. And plus food, whatever. And we plus I spend another, I want to spend, I spend another $600 more for to get a hotel for like two weeks, whatever the kids can stay. Okay. I'm trying to get an apartment. I'm trying to do this. I'm like, what the fuck, man? I'm like, I have a lot of pressure because I'm on a, there's a time schedule. I'm looking at my money. My money's, if I, if this money's all gone, we're really, we're fucked. We're fucked. We're, we're done. Put application fees, everything for the past three and a half weeks. No call. Nothing. All of a sudden, I was at work. I got off. Around 9 o'clock in the morning. Took my kids to school. Whatever. Got a call. Is uh, Steven Martinez there? I said, yeah. Oh, this is so-and-so. It's like, from the management. I was like, yes, yes, yes. Um, We've seen that you're looking for an apartment. We like your credit. Um, Are you... Do you want to check out the place? And it says, let's go check it out. And said, okay. And uh, first we did the first... Here's a fee, you know? Okay, whatever. I paid the fee. There's a, a you know, one of those where you go to a, a a new house and they have a lock and you open the, the there's like a little four-digit code. If you know the four-digit code, it opens up and there's a key in there. Pretty much I opened, I had the key, opened it up. I was like, okay, okay. We'll say, okay, we could fix this up. We could fix this up. And I was like, fuck it. I don't give a care. And I call back. I say, um... Has anyone bid on this? It's like, nope, you're the first one. We saw it. And how much are you looking for? $9.95 a month. Cheap. And I still pay it to this day. I was like, when I can give you the money? It's like, what do you need? I need the first and last month and the deposit. So if you think about it, they want the first and last month's deposit. So that's $9.95 plus another $9.95. Plus uh, $1,200. So that's $3,190, I think. Maybe $3,200, one of those. I paid it. And it said, signed some papers. I got a key. got a mailbox. Dude, I was, I was stoked. And I was crying in the car because... I haven't had my own place since I was about 20, 23 years old. And uh, 
you know, at the time, you know, you know, getting my, my place, you know, that was, you know, can't believe, man, November 2nd, 2017. Looking back on that, I was, uh, I was the most happiest person ever because I thought I thought I was going to be dead. I thought I was going to be killed. I thought I was going to end my life. I thought I was never going to get to that standard of making it on my own. You know, single father at the time, you know, raising uh, two boys and rarely seeing my daughter, but... uh working hard, doing whatever I can, and listening to podcasts, listening to anything that's going to motivate me and get me to a better place in life. And uh, when um, I remember when I got the keys, and me and my two boys, we went inside for the first time. And uh, what really it really touched my heart. I really cried. You know, my oldest son, he, he, he was like, wow, dad, wow. He was happy. Got his own room, and my son. And I, I just wanted to see my kids happy. And um, it was the first time we really had our own place. And, um, that's when I saw uh, my little one, Alex, crying. And I gave him hugs and um, we went out to go eat, celebrate, you know. And uh, at the time, it wasn't, you know, um, we had two air mattresses. I still talk. I talk about it still. We had two air mattresses. Um, we had a fan we had a microwave, a gallon of water, a box of cup of noodles. That was it. And uh, we knocked out. We were so, we we haven't slept for like months. And uh, <laughs> we didn't have no hot water. So we took a shower in the cold. It was like, ah, it was hilarious. But uh, we knocked out. And um, the thing I liked the most about that day and that night, that it was quiet. It was quiet. And I woke up around 11 p.m. And my kids were sleeping. And uh, I was crying. I still remember. I was crying all the way until 4 o'clock in the morning. A lot of people doubted me that I would never make it. And I know those faces. And I know those people who doubted me. Including a lot of my including including a lot of my friends, a lot of relatives, some close friends, my mom, and my stepdad. And that's when that night I cried. At the same time, I was happy, but at the same time, I was really, I was pissed off. And I I don't forget. And I always say this. You know, there's. 
you do unto others as people do unto you. You be nice, people will be nice back. You be mean, people are going to be dicks to you. And I know I had my flaws. I'm not the perfect person, but you know what? I have a heart, but at the same time, I can be an asshole because I'm not going to let people walk over me. But, you know, um, I was happy. I got my own place and I was really stoked. And that's when I knew things would be changing. You know, got a little extra money, working hard, adjusting, getting some stuff here and there for the for the house and um this is where I had a little hiccup when I got my own place. Someone came back in my life, wanted to work things out for for a reason. A shady reason which I will not talk about. But you know what? That person you know who you are. You never changed. And that's why I didn't want to end up being with you. And I thank God I dodged that bullet. And that's when enough was enough. Because I, looking back, rest in peace to my uh, Uncle Manuel who passed away years ago. I'll never forget. He told me, Stephen, you need to stick up for yourself. You should never have people walk over you and take advantage of you. You have a heart, but protect that heart. Because you never know what you're going to go up against. There's a lot of evilness in this world. And there's a lot of uh, fucked up people, shady people, backstabbing people that can go with friends or family. Protect yourself, but also protect your kids. I'll never forget him. That to me was my real dad, my Uncle Manuel. My dad was never around. He taught me from right from wrong. He taught me how to be a man. I love that guy. I miss him to this day. There's a lot of good people that came into my life in that time or even in the past and made me who I am today. And I thank God when times like these are now, I thank God that I'm so mentally prepared. I'm so like mentally like, like I'm, I have thick skin and everything and I know from right from wrong and um, you know there's a lot of people who mold me to be who I am the man today when it comes to certain family members certain podcasters or even the heart of Wilmington if I if I didn't have Wilmington in my heart Widmas in my heart oh I, I would have been I would have been done Woman to me and gave me that. Hey, you know what, Stephen? Suck it up. Get out there and go fucking get it. Hey, because to me, Wilmington is like a tough fucking city. And there's, we don't know the word pussies. We don't want no pussies over here. Hey, you suck it up and you deal with it. 
You go grind, you go get it, you go hustle. That's how it is. And that's why I have that 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 heart of Wilmington in my heart to keep on going, keep on pushing, keep on pushing. And things were things were looking good. Getting my life back together, getting promoted, getting a new car, and um getting another chance in life. And that's what I feel. Um September 29th, 2018. That's when I started the Mega Man's podcast. And I'm still doing the podcast now. It's already been close to, what, four years? Almost four years in a way. But to me, there's people out there that are looking for hope looking for inspiration, looking to, fuck, if he can do it, I can do it. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted my story to be told, to inspire people to never give up. I had it hard, but I'm not a boy, boy cry wolf. I don't give a fuck about the likes. I don't give, I don't want people to feel fucking sorry for me. I don't give a fuck about the cloud. I don't give a fuck about shit. You know how people, you should know how I am. I don't give a fuck. I just keep it real. I don't fake the fuck. And I stay in my lane. And I do what I gotta do. And my deepest fear, people tell me, what's your deepest fear? Being homeless. That's my deepest fear. That's why I'm always on the go. That's why I'm always busy with work. I'm I'm always working like 50 or 60 hours. I'm trying to hustle, trying to do this. I'm trying to do that. Because I do not want to end up in the streets ever again. So that's why my mind is always running 24-7. I'm working. I'm doing podcasts. I'm hustling. I'm on the go. I'm being a dad. I'm just doing it all. I I just got to keep on going. You know, uh, there's people out there that need their stories told. And to me, when I say podcast saved my life yes it did you know why i'd rather be doing podcasts than going out there getting to fucking mischief because i don't know what 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 would happen to me i'll be in jail i'll be dead who knows i'd rather stay home and write some stuff write some materials be on social media do podcasts meet different peoples and in all parts of life and i met a lot of good people And because of them, it helped me be a better person. I found myself. It helped me on my depression. It helped me on my anxiety. It helped me um, with my speech because I had a stuttering problem. I was antisocial. I needed to speak up and get to know people. Um, because I was always closed in, I was always a loner, and I always felt like people back then I was bullied a lot. I was like, uh, I was bullied a lot back then because they used to call me Stuttering Steven, Stuttering Steven, because I used to stutter a lot, and I was going to to classes, I was going to the doctor, whatever I can do to help me with my speech. And this is one of the reasons why I do podcasts, everyone, to help me on my speech. 
you know, to help me on my stuttering, to help me be a better speaker to people and getting to know different types of people. And um, I love it, you know. And I, I, I want to say this. Um, I want to give a shout out to um, Commitment Soldier. I was um, there in an event last weekend. They had, and shout out to Rizzo. He, they did uh, pictures of all these people who were making a difference in, in L.A. Jose Solis, the Hood Santa, uh, Influence Eric, Slick Vic, you know, Dove Guy Rizzo, um, the Hood Santa, um, Concrete, 110 Wings, Foods Gone Wild. And it just, to me, it was, I cried. I saw so much positive people, no fakeness, no fake in the funk, positive fucking people. And this is what I learned for the four years of me doing podcasts. I had my ups and downs. I had my good people. I interviewed some hiccups. Some people came and go in my life, but maybe it was for a reason to be in a but in a better place now and finding good people who gave a fuck about me as I give a fuck about them as an inspiration. And at the same time, there's people out there that I respect and I look up to. You know, commitment soldier, <sighs> big brother Jake's. Uh, Andy from Profile Pod, um, Aaron Bender, he's a huge inspiration, Tony A, Freudian Radio, Gil from American Cholo, um, my uncle Manuel, Commitment Soldier, you know, there's some good people out there, and, um, and sometimes in a way, a little emotional right now. I thought in a way I would never be in love with someone ever again. And sometimes when you're not looking for it, it's going to come find you. And you know, meeting someone we can relate on a lot of things and uh Sometimes in a way we need to be with someone who's going to be there to support us from good times, bad times, and ugly times. Sometimes you need that love. You need that affection. Everything's going to be okay. You know? I was always, always on the go. I was always too overprotective. I was kind of being more, in, I was always on defense mode. Because I always feel like everyone was out to get me. Everyone's hurting me left and right, you know, but uh, she hold it down. My girl, Ashley, she hold it down. And, um, you know, sometimes in a way you might be in relationships that might just not work out and who knows, but uh, it just, everything happened for a reason and uh, I'm happy. I'm happy I'm with her, happy that 
we found each other and um, she loves my kids and, uh, you know, I'm in a better place. I'm super happy. Um, I'll say this. Um, it's a huge monkey off my back of letting go of the past. I had a lot of uh, hatred. I was very prideful. I wanted to get even with people. But when you hold on all that shit, I don't want to die early. So it was for me to just to let it go. It's like, you know what? It is what it is. You learn from it. Fuck it. And this is one of the reasons why it was hard for me to do an episode like this. Because I do not want to dwell on the past. I do not want to think about the past. Only on pictures with my kids. Seeing them when they're little and they're growing up. But now, I just want to... People were like, oh, what are you going to do for the future? It's like, I'm going to be honest. I don't can care less about the future. I just care about the present. I'm just going to take it one day at a time. One day at a time. I'm not getting younger. I'm getting older. I'm 41. I got to bring sexy back. I know. And my kids are growing up fast. I want to take my time. And that's one of the reasons with work and I see what's going on. There's too much chaos, too much stress and everything. I just don't. I don't want to dwell on that negativity. I don't want to dwell on stress and this. I just want to live my life. And I care about my health. And I I want to live a little longer so I can see my kids grow up and get married. And maybe they have grandkids. I want to live a little longer. But I do have that experience one day when, so help me God, I hope this doesn't happen, but... If shit ever hits the fan with one of my kids going through hard times and that he or she tells me, Dad, you don't know the shit I've been through. Motherfucker, I've been through more fucking shit than you. Stop being a little softy, okay? I've been through more shit than you. And that's why I feel we need more men in this world. We need to take care of our responsibilities. We need to be there for our kids. We need to show them fucking love and and show them from right from wrong. And that and we have to end this fucking cycle of I, I hate to see deadbeat fathers not not owning up to responsibilities. Even I get shit from like, oh you don't see your daughter or you don't do this. I'm doing the best I can, but sometimes in a way I can only do so much. I'm everywhere working, trying to see my kids, doing the podcast, living life, everything. You know, I have a lot of shit on my plate, but you know what? I'm going to finish that plate no matter what. No matter what. I'm, I'm holding my, I'm doing my thing. I'm holding my own and I'm living life. And, uh, you know, that's one thing I want to do for 2022. You know, take, fuck the negativity, focus on the positivity, learn something from someone, learn something new, kind of stay away from social media or TV and just, Live life, work out, spend time with the family, stay off your fucking phone, you know, no more lames, <laughs> just anything and just bring good people on the Mega Man's podcast. That's all I care about. You know, it's uh, to me back then it was quality, it was quantity over quality this year alone. 
It's quality over quantity. And I want to bring good people and I'm going to do the best I can to bring the guests, the best guests Megaman has to offer. And I hope this episode made sense to a lot of you and to the people who are going through some hardships. Do not give up. Don't ever give up. Please. I know how it is. Hang in there. If you hear this episode, I hope this inspires you. Get your shit together. You're not alone. If you want to DM me, you can DM me at Instagram at the Mega Man's Podcast. Whatever. Whatever I can do to show some love. All right? I think that's about it. And um, good things to come on the Mega Man's Podcast. I know right now I'm doing a podcast at a hotel because um, my place is getting... I'm getting a new kitchen, new ho, a new bathroom, tile, just everything. So my landlord hooked us up for two weeks for a nice, beautiful hotel. I'm relaxing. My kids are at school. My lady's working. I'm gonna see her. I'm gonna see them later. I gotta do a podcast. And uh, everyone, um, stay up, stay blessed, and um, also please rate, review on Apple Podcasts. Tell me what you think about the Mega Man's podcast. Um, also leave me some stars on Spotify, but you have to hear it for 30 seconds. Then you can leave a, a, a star or anything. And, uh, you can follow me at the Mega Man's podcast on Instagram. My personal one at Mega Man 6980. Twitter, the Mega Man's podcast, uh, coming soon. Um, Facebook, TikTok, Twitch, like the whole nine yards. <sighs> I'm still waiting for the merch because I'm still waiting to be approved if I can use the logo of the Mega Mass podcast. But if not, there might come a time I might have to switch the name or whatever. But we'll just see till then. But everyone, um, keep on um, supporting the Mega Mass podcast. Um, go to my page. Check out the uh, any episodes. Um, guest appearances coming soon. Uh, beers of the week content uh mega man rap of the week uh <laughs> funny memes quotes videos of the day just anything and that's what and i want to say this before we go the reason why i post a lot of off and on of anything because there's a lot of people right now going through depression anxieties and i want to cheer people up with laughter quotes or anything to inspire them or her to get through their day. That's all I care about. I just want to see people happy at the same time, inspired. And also, I want, to, I want to see you guys and ladies win. If I'm winning, I want all of you to win. If I'm doing good, I want all of you to do good. Okay? I love you guys and ladies. Be safe. I hope you like this episode. Mega Man's out.